Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Caffeinate for May the 28th. The struggle bus is, in fact, real, and the stream did have to go offline, but then it came back online rather quickly. My name is Samuel Adams, because if I hadn't done that, then you wouldn't be able to see me on camera wearing this very nice shirt on Memorial Day. If you are celebrating Memorial Day, congratulations. I want to thank all of our veterans and all of the uh, all of the sacrifices that have been made uh, you know, over the years to continue the... Um, the freedoms and whatnot that we have here in uh, in America, and it's really cool to uh, to have a day devoted to that. But we have gaming news today. I do hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I know that I've been, uh, you know, really busy with a whole bunch of other things, but we have also been keeping an eye on what has been happening, and we have some amazing news stories to go over today, uh, and I thought that we would dive into some of those. The headliner of the day is that a university has, in fact, signed its first professional Fortnite player. Like, literally, they went out and they uh, and, and they found a Fortnite player to put on their team, which is, is kind of amazing. Alan, I'm doing very well, actually, surprisingly enough, but... Um, but we have that. The uh, Apple has left the door open for Steam Link, uh, the uh, the app that we were talking about over the weekend that, in fact, did get rejected from the App Store. So that would have been a, a pretty big disappointment if that had been held up. Electronic Arts talking about the uh, the Battlefield 5 or 4, 5, 5. Ooh, man, it's going to be a good episode of Cabinet. Uh, Battlefield 5 backlash over the... Uh, the the uh, the female uh, lead on the cover. We got God of War, The Wolf Among Us 2. We got some uh, swatting news, which I did want to discuss, and also some stuff about uh, some, some stuff about the Fortnite limited time modes. Uh, so without further ado, I suppose we'll go ahead and dive into today's news, if I can find my mouse cursor, and boom, shakalaka, there we go. Uh, okay, so Ashland University signs its first Fortnite player, and this story is coming to us from ESPN. Okay, let's get that out of the way. It's coming to us from ESPN. A handful of schools across the United States are banning Fortnite from their classrooms. For Devin Sharp of Louisville, Kentucky, the wildly popular free-to-play battle royale game is helping him take the next step in his education in the form of a scholarship. Honestly, I'm still somewhat shocked. Sharp told, uh, 22 years old, uh, told ESPN, hearing it being said in those words, it's nothing short of mind-blowing. On the other hand, it also motivates me to keep grinding because it's proof that hard work towards your dreams really can pay off. I'm beyond grateful for the opportunity, and I'm going to make the most of it in every way. I've come to the conclusion that there isn't uh, really a ceiling or no cap at how good you can get at the game, so how successful you can be as a streamer, and I'm looking forward to putting that to the test in the near future at Ashland. Ashland University is a private school located in Ashland, Ohio, the first to award a scholarship money uh, for playing Epic Games Breakout Hit. I feel like this, maybe I'm just reading these words wrong, but I don't know about this article. Uh, but most recently, Epic Games announced that it would be investing $100 million in the game's future as a competitive title. Scholarships for gaming have grown over the years with the rise of popularity of titles such as League of Legends and Overwatch. So... Uh, you know, that's kind of what we've got. They talk more about Black Ops 4 and stuff that's coming out. Also, another article down here, League of Legends is still going to be broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. I don't know if it was ever on the uh, the regular ESPN. But it's insane to see that we have the first competitive Fortnite player being signed to a university, getting a scholarship to come play Fortnite for the school. Obviously, as they said in the article, and as we were talking about last week on an episode of Kevin Eight, uh, $100 million of Epic money, uh, and not, not like an adjective Epic money, like Epic Games money, is being put towards esports, and that's mind-boggling to see that there are actually people that are able to go to university. They're able to go to a college and get a full ride to play games, and um, 
And, you know, I understand the uh, the significance of this in the gaming community, uh, but the thing that's going to be kind of hindering to this is that you're going to have people that see esports as something that isn't a real sport. And I would say that it's definitely different, you know, in a lot of ways as compared to something like football or baseball or basketball, whatever it might be. It's, uh, you know, there's skill to be had, but it's not necessarily the physical test of skill like we are traditionally given uh, whenever you're talking about college sports. So it's going to be a long road for esports, esports, esports to earn... Um, you know, recognition and to earn respect in the eyes of people that are traditional college sports fans. And it probably will never get to the level uh, of something like your, you know, your uh, basketball or your baseball or whatever it might be. You know, you're not going to have the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. You're not going to have that kind of, of iconic uh, iconography, you know, whatever you want to call it, that kind of idea. You know, it's not going to be up on that level is what I'm trying to say. So uh, over time, it could become up there on that level. But for the time being, it's going to be difficult for it to rise up there. Alan says, see, kids, if you play games and get good enough, you can make a living. Oh, that's without a doubt. It's just mind-blowing to see that universities are now getting in on it and signing Fortnite players because they see the value in this. Ideology? No. No, an ideology is like a, a worldview. No, not quite like that. But um, uh, it's, it's kind of like a ideology or whatever, whatever it might be. Listen. We're here to talk about gaming news. I'm not an English major. I don't know what this is. But uh, it's, it's just cool to see that we finally have some movement in the esports industry in the traditional kind of way that a a high schooler plays games or a plays like football in high school. And then whenever they go to college, they play football in college and they get a scholarship to go there. And so then that rises them up and they could become the next big, you know, regular esports competitor in the professional industry, the professional field. And that is exactly how it could happen. And so I think over the next 10 to 15, years i think it's going to take a while uh, we're going to be seeing more and more of that to where esports does become a viable not competitor but um but you know partner alongside stuff like football and baseball and basketball at your local university uh so keep an eye on this you know it's something to uh it's something to consider and it's something to definitely take note of because the times they are changing in the words of bob dylan uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe here, and I think Fortnite is definitely pushing the the boundary of what's been seen uh, so far in esports because we didn't necessarily see that much of a competitive side of something like PUBG. It was attempted, but it's still not great. Uh, with Fortnite, I've seen people that are uh, you know practicing shoutcasting. I've seen people that are practicing a whole bunch of different aspects of the competitive side of Fortnite. And I think that it really is pushing the esports industry to new heights. So I'm excited about that, and uh, we will see how all of that ends up going. But moving on to the next story of the day. Apple leaves the door open for Steam Link's release on iOS. This is an update story uh, from one that we covered last week on an episode of Caffeinate. You can go back and watch that because all episodes are available on podcast services as well as on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. But just because Apple rejected Steam Link for iOS doesn't mean your dreams of PC to iPhone game streaming are finished. Apple Senior VP Phil Schiller, Schiller, what a name that is, has been emailing Steam users with word that will continue to work with Valve on developing a Steam Link version that follows the App Store's rules. That's not a guarantee that you'll be streaming games in the near future, but it does leave the door open. The email shed further light on just why Apple gave Steam Link the boot and suggested that a resolution would be tricky. The iOS app reportedly broke App Store guidelines surrounding, quote, user-generated content, in-app purchases, content codes, and similar factors. In other words, its objections seem to revolve around the nature of Steam. While there are already general-purpose remote desktop clients on the App Store, Steam Link's narrow focus was apparently problematic and may have seen Valve siphoning away App Store purchases by letting them uh, access PC games in the other room. 
Whether or not Valve can actually comply with significant com- uh, compromises is another matter. It may have to fend off certain sections of the Steam experience, uh, but that could significantly limit its appeal, etc., etc. So, uh, the chance to get a Steam Link app on your iOS could happen, but it seems like it's not going to be the exact same app like you have on Android. Uh, now, for those that don't know what this app actually does, it essentially allows you to remote into your desktop and play your PC games uh, in the same way that you could kind of remote play with a PlayStation Vita on a PlayStation 4 if you did that, if you're one of those 10 people. But, um, it's a really good idea, but for some reason, Apple just sees this as competition for the App Store. It sees it as maybe they'll be spending more time playing their Steam games on their iPhones instead of playing something like Fortnite Mobile or playing something like PUBG Mobile or whatever else is available on the App Store. Uh, so they've chosen to go the other route and go ahead and shut that down. But it would be great to see them work with Steam and maybe, you know, change the way that the entire, um, that the entire thing is perceived and, and maybe even change the way that the stuff is delivered. I don't know if there's like a store section of the Steam Link app where you can go in and buy games deliberately, but if that's in there, maybe you can take that out and be okay. I'm not really sure what the big issue here is because I really don't see an issue with it. I think that it's going to be a fun uh, little thing for people to be able to do, and I don't think that it's going to become the way that people play the games. I don't think it's going to become the way that people experience games for themselves. Uh, it's cool if you want to lay on a couch and play a game. It's cool if you want to just hang out and not be at your PC and like your whole setup uh, but I don't really see the huge value in it and especially not a value that would bring it up to the level where it's competing directly uh, with other kinds of App Store games that's just the way that I see it you know other people might see it differently obviously Apple does but I did want to update you guys and let you know that there is still a potential uh, for a Steam Link app on the iOS just not right now but of course you can get it as I said on your Android device at this current time I think it should be available on Android, but it is coming, uh, and uh, and you can keep your eye on that if you are a Steam user that wants to play your Rocket League, your Witcher, your Dark Souls, your whatever you might want to play, PUBG. Ooh, that'd be really bad. That'd be really, really bad. Moving on to the next story of the day. Electronic Arts says female playable characters are here to stay. The presence of women in Battlefield Five has created controversy, but EA isn't backing away from it. What are you going to do? Take the women out? No. The big Battlefield Five reveal earlier this week was not without controversy, most of it driven by the presence of a woman on the cover of the box and not a demure nurse. I think I said that correctly. Demure? I don't know, I always have trouble pronouncing that specific word. Uh, Watching over wounded warriors in the tranquil English countryside. No, this lady is pissed off and packing heat. As if that wasn't bad enough, another woman featured prominently in the Guns Blazing debut trailer, wielding a Tommy gun, a sniper rifle, and eventually a cricket bat wrapped in a barbed wire. Yeah, that kind of trailer also had a prosthetic arm. Fun fact. Uh, Their presence has prompted a considerable backlash from gamers concerned about the, quote, historical accuracy of Battlefield 5 representation of the war. Never mind that such things haven't been too much of a pressing concern in previous Battlefield games or real war shooters in general. Uh, there wasn't even a quote, or there was even a hashtag, not my Battlefield hashtag, making the rounds, none of which is going to change EA's mind or the direction it's headed. DICE General Manager Oscar Gabrielson spun up his personal Twitter account today to share a few thoughts on the matter, and there's no mistaking his position. First, let me be clear about one thing, he says, player choice and female player playable characters are here to stay. We want Battlefield 5 to represent and all those who are part of the greatest drama in human history and give players choice to choose and customize the characters they play with, he wrote. Our commitment as a studio is to do everything we can to create games that are inclusive and diverse. We also set out to push boundaries and deliver unexpected experiences, but above all, our games must be fun. To emphasize that last point, he tweeted another image that's been widely shared recently that uh, really cuts to the heart of the conversation about Battlefield's commitment to history. It is uh, two men standing on the back of a horse with two flamethrowers and uh, and a machine gun, it appears, riding the horse through the desert in Battlefield 1. 
if you have a problem with the historical accuracy of women being in Battlefield, then you should probably have a problem with Battlefield 1, which many did, but you know what I mean. Naturally, not everyone is satisfied with Gabrielson's response, but it certainly is unambiguous, admirably so, I would say. And honestly, if the biggest complaint about realism of Battlefield 5 reveal trailer is the presence of women, I mean a V1 as a close support weapon, come on, that's just silly. Oh, don't crack jokes like that. Then perhaps realism isn't the real issue at all. Battlefield 5 is set to come out on October the 11th for Origin Access subscribers, October 16th for the Deluxe Edition, which costs 20 bucks more, and October 19th for the standard release. And you can check out more of what they know over there at PC Gamer. However, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, like they said, this is not going anywhere. There are not, not going to be any kind of changes that really take women out of the entire Battlefield experience, and there shouldn't be. There is no reason why they shouldn't. Alan in the chat says women actually did fight in World Wars. They did. Um... There were big, big players that turned the tides of battle, and they were women. I don't, and it's just one of those things where there's this sense of a misogynistic kind of vibe uh, going around in the gaming community, and specifically the Battlefield community. And I did want to, I did want to make one statement that I remember seeing on Twitter, and that's kind of the way that I see it. If everyone who complained about women being in Battlefield Five didn't play Battlefield Five, the Battlefield community would be better than it's been in years. That's exactly it. To a T. Put a period on it and put that sucker in the mailbox. Like, that's exactly what they, um, you know, uh, are, are trying to do here. Because they're really, you know, branching out. And it is about inclusivity. It is about bringing the experience to everyone and making it something that anybody can get in on and feel connected to. But at the same time, historical accuracy is going to be there. As they said during the debut, uh, women, or ha- they're trying to be... Um, you know, able to cover more of the in-depth intricacies of war instead of what you've got with your standard Call of Duty or your standard Battlefield in the past. They're going to be going a little bit deeper and, and finding more niche stories. And I feel like whenever you're talking about women in, in war, that's something that gaming hasn't touched. That's something that movies haven't really touched. So I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, 100%, you know, Battlefield chicks. Like, that's not the the entirety of the game by any means. But the fact that they're exploring these different kinds of stories and they're based off of actual, you know, events that have happened in history, I think that's going to be kind of really giving people an experience that they've never seen before so that's a positive uh, on top of that even if you aren't active about you know caring about you know women's rights and 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 representation and stuff like that uh, it's still it's it looks like a good game and it doesn't really matter about the characters at the end of the day it's the stories that are told and the experiences that are had um but of course, I digress. I'm very excited about Battlefield 5. It's coming out on October the 19th. Battlefield Chicks, the newest title. Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. But uh, October the 19th for the standard edition of the game. And then uh, if you want to pay a little bit more, if you want to become an Origin Access member, you can play it a little bit early. Uh, for me, I'll be getting it on October the 19th. I've been playing Battlefield 1 recently on my PS4. Really, really fun game. Uh, better than I remember it being, and I would recommend anybody to go give that one a look. I think that it's going to be uh, a game that I spent a lot of time with over the summer now. I think I got it on sale for 15 bucks, and I'm pretty sure it's on sale until June the 1st, uh, but I might be wrong about that. But it's definitely worth 15 bucks to get the base game and all the DLC, so I would definitely dive back into that if you wanted to feel what the game was going to feel like uh, whenever Battlefield 5 does come out, because there are going to be a couple of changes with the movement system. They're going to be changing a couple of things, uh, but overwhelmingly, pretty much the exact same kind of movement that you would get from a Battlefield game. Alan says, but women fought in World War as spies, fighters, medics, and ammo carriers, pretty much the same as everyone else. I don't know why people are getting so buttered. It's the fact that um, the 
the generational uh, ideologies that have been passed down, you know, the, the generational ideologies that have been passed down um, are, are still impacting those that are closed-minded and those that don't get access to the movements that are going on in society. So it's kind of hard. And that's especially prevalent in the gaming community. Emma says, can we talk about all the money they're going to make having the more expensive versions uh, have the guy? There, there's so many better people that are going to pay money just to have a guy. Does the deluxe edition actually have a dude on it? That's in... It's, wait, hold on. Battlefield... Battlefield... Five deluxe deluxe edition does it actually have a guy on it oh my gosh it does have a guy on it doesn't it hold on now I've got to look at this only the standard version has the girl I mean I don't want to make it like a I don't want to make it like a big thing I don't really it does oh my gosh it does have a guy on it that is insane okay well they're changing that up isn't it no this one's for boys and this one's for girl no I, this is ugh, that's I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But um so if you did want to uh if you did want to check out the deluxe edition of the game with a guy on it, if you did, you know, want to avoid having any kind of women on your box art, then by all means you can get that. But guess what? They're still gonna be on the game, man. Still gonna be in the game. But again, October the nineteenth, if you did want to check out that standard edition with the girl on the cover. But uh but yeah. But yeah. But uh, it is very smart, to be fair. It is very smart, Alan. It is very smart. Uh, the next story of the day, God of War sells over 5 million copies. The newest God of War has sold over 5 million copies, according to Sony, making it the fastest-selling PlayStation 4 exclusive. The news comes from Sony's Investors Relations Day report, where the company is more than happy to tell its stockholders how well they're doing. The new PlayStation chief, John Codera, who you might remember for recently commenting on the state of portable gaming at Sony, announced the figure 5 million copies in a month as the fastest-selling number, but even in absolute terms, it puts the game in the top. Top 20 selling PlayStation 4 titles, period. Even if it is stopped selling today, it would still be a massive success. Uh, 5 million copies. 5 million copies of God of War have been sold on the PlayStation 4, and it is a fantastic game. I'm one of the ones that went out and bought it, and I feel like whenever I go out and buy a game on day one, that's when you know that it's going to be a big, big game, because if I'm excited enough to buy a game full price on day one in GameStop or in the digital store, you'll know that that means that it's something big. That means that I am very excited about the game and I have to play it. And that does not happen very often. That does not happen very often at all. So, um, you know, to see that God of War is doing so well, it's awesome because it really is changing up the franchise and it's kind of switching up what people expect from God of War and changing where they're going with that. So, overall, I think that it's fantastic. I think that it's a great game. I finished it. I finished the main storyline anyway. I'm going to go back over the summer and finish more of the armor collection and all of the side quests and things like that. But, um... To see what goes from essentially a button-mashing hack-and-slash uh, to this giant, grand, movie-esque narrative is um, is a fantastic transformation, something that I find very impressive, uh, kind of mind-blowing, really. I- I've said that many times today because these news stories really are mind-blowing, but, um, but it really is... Uh, something to behold whenever you see Kratos in this new way and and to change the character to change the gameplay but to also keep it grounded in the origins of where the series began uh, is still a very awesome thing so if you haven't played God of War check it out on the PlayStation 4 I think you can rent it from Redbox if you want to it's a little bit of a beefier game you might have to get it for a couple of days uh, but if you did want to buy it it's definitely worth the buy because not only is there the main story there's also a side quest that can be done and that really does stretch up the um, or stretch out the length of time that you have in the game. Also, random. What's going on, dude? Welcome on in. 
so if you did want to check it out, again, available right now on the PlayStation 4. Moving on to the next story of the day, also coming to us from Game Informer, The Wolf Among Us Season 2 is launching in 2019. The second season of The Wolf Among Us, Telltale's Norse graphic adventure, is based on uh, Bill William comic series Fables. It's going to launch in 2019, that's what I'm trying to say here. Uh, Telltale has previously announced the new season of the episodic detective story would land in the latter half of 2018, but now has to put the game off to release next year. The reason, according to Telltale, is because of internal changes within the company. This delay comes as the result of a new fun- a few fundamental changes here at Telltale since we first announced the game last summer. Telltale wrote in a blog post, Most importantly, we're committed to exploring new ways to tell our stories. Taking this extra time will allow us to not only focus on quality, but also experiment and iterate in order to craft something truly special. Yeah, it only took them a couple of years, right? Uh, the changes are likely referring to restructuring and layoffs last year that resulted in 25% of the company losing their jobs. Since then, Telltale has been hiring for Unity engineers and developers, suggesting the studio is making a change from the engine it has been using for most of its games in the past. Yeah, they all got changed around and everything. The thing with, with Telltale is that the fact that they have been slow to update their engine, the fact that they have been slow to change how the games are built from the fundamental ground up, that's what's holding them back, and that's what's making their games less than they possibly could be. And also, Telltale is the go-to game you know, uh, development company for those that want the narrative experience, for those that want the giant uh, story-based gameplay. That's still, in many people's minds, the go-to for Telltale stuff. Uh, but number one, like Random said, they pumped out way too many too often. Uh, number two, the games were janky from time to time, if we're being real. Uh, and on top of that, they also had to restructure the company because apparently they weren't making enough money or they had to lay off you know, 25% of the company lost their jobs. Uh, so to see that The Wolf Among Us 2 is getting kind of pushed back a little bit is not surprising. Uh, but this is actually, for those that don't know, one of the original Telltale games that really did rise the company up and, and make them a, uh, a name that people were paying attention to. It was one of the earlier uh, games that they came out with, and so of course everybody knows Telltale for stuff like The Walking Dead. That's the one that many people know. Uh, they also did a Back to the Future game. They've done a ton of other stuff over the years. Uh, Borderlands, Tales from the Borderlands, they did that. But The Wolf Among Us really did uh, kind of become its own thing, and the fact that it's based off this comic series, and the fact that people loved the way that it looked and the way that it played, um, it really did create uh, a reputation for Telltale. And, uh, and there's a lot to love about it. But yeah, I love Telltale's Walking Dead, too. Again, I'm not a huge, you know, story-based kind of guy. I'm not somebody that loves to just get lost in the narrative of a game, necessarily. Uh, but Telltale does it in a way where it's not overbearing and you can get involved in everything. But if you haven't played uh, Telltale games and you like story-based games, then by all means, you should dive into those and uh, and check out that entire catalog, because most of them are good. Some There are a couple of, there are a couple of turds in the pile of diamonds, but there are pretty pretty good games in that lineup. Moving on to the next story of the day, federal charges have been brought against three men involved in a deadly Kansas swatting. Andrew Finch of Wichita, Kansas, was killed by police responding to a false report of a murder-slash-hostage situation. Federal charges have been brought against Tyler Barris, a man who instigated a swatting that led to the killing of a man in late 2018 in Wichita, Kansas. The charges, including making false reports to emergency services, cyber-stalking, making interstate threats, and wire fraud, come on top of state-level charges that were filed shortly after the incident. Interestingly, the uh, federal charges were also brought against the two Call of Duty players who initiated the hoax, Casey Viner and Shane Gaskill. Viner asked uh, Barris, a known swatter under the name Swatistic. 
descriptive. To SWAT Gaskill over a dispute arising from a Call of Duty match, Gaskill repeatedly and knowingly provided an old address to Barris, which Barris used when he called in false reports, claiming that someone in the house had murdered one of his parents and was holding the rest of the family hostage. That false report led police to shoot and kill 28-year-old Andrew Finch, who was not involved in the dispute and unarmed when he stepped out onto the front porch of his home after the police arrived. When Viner and Gaskill became aware of the entirely predictable consequences of their thunderingly stupid and reckless behavior, they conspired to delete evidence of their interactions in order to avoid persecution. Prosecution, excuse me. Uh, because of those actions, Viner now faces charges of firewall, conspiracy to make false reports, obstruction of justice, and conspiracy to obstruct justice, while Gaskill has been charged with a ton of other god-awful things that are probably going to make him pay in the long run. The charges are serious. Making a false report resulting in the death of a person or cyberstalking resulting in death carries penalties up to a lifetime in prison and a fine of $250,000. They had not previously been charged in relation to the incident. As reported by Variety last month, the police officer who actually killed Finch was not charged in the incident. Sedgwick County District Attorney Mark Bennett determined that the officer in question believed that Finch had drawn a gun from his waistband and that his life and the lives of his fellow officers were in danger. Uh, there is an anti-swatting bill that was passed in Kansas, uh, but Andrew Phil, named after Andrew Finch, that would make swatting that results in the death or extreme injury punishable by up to 41 years in prison. Here's the thing with this, okay? I want to make it very clear. If you think about swatting, if you get mad enough to consider calling the police and, and getting them to come to somebody's house, if you are watching a streamer and you think that it would be funny to... Uh, call somebody and, and leak their address and, and give their address and their credentials to the police and get a SWAT team on them, there is a high chance right now because of the highest amount of tension in society that I can remember uh, that that person is going to die and you are going to be held responsible. If you do that, you are number one, a dumbass. Number two, reckless. Number three, a terrible, terrible person. Don't be a bad person like this man right here because these guys have ruined their lives because of the fact that they were playing Call of Duty and they swatted some other guy and now the other guy is dead. So uh, I wanted to bring this up, number one, because I wanted to update the situation. I think that I talked about this a little bit of uh, a little bit of time ago on an episode of Caffeinate. But at the end of the day, you know, I really want to make an example of these guys and be like, listen, if you're considering it, this is what's going to come of it. You don't want this in your life and no one else wants to die because of your frustration that you can't aim down sight and get the kills in Call of Duty, okay? Like, no one no one needs to suffer any kind of consequences because of this kind of thing. So, uh, good to see these guys have been brought to justice. And, um, and when it comes to the police officer that was charged in the incident, you know, there's a lot of tension right now, and you never know when you are actually in danger, and it's kind of hard to make that call. Uh, but that's beside the point. The people who are at fault here are the three that initiated the entire thing to begin with. So, uh, good to see that we have some justice being done and, uh, and all of that is in progress. So I will keep you guys updated if there is any more, but unfortunately swatting is becoming more and more of a regular thing that happens on a, on a week to week, day to day kind of thing. Not often, but occasionally swatting scares the crap out of me as well. I mean, as a dude who streams and, uh, and as a dude who spends a lot of time online, you know, I'm careful to be a good person. I'm careful to be as, as kind as I can and, and to, and to be, you know, transparent about that but it's the best thing you can do as somebody who is a streamer as somebody who is a content creator online is to call your local police officers and uh, and your local police department and let them know um that you are an online content creator let them know that swatting is uh <clears throat> you are going to be a potential uh, excuse me a potential uh you know victim of swatting and they can set up safe words they can set up uh different kinds of restrictions that make it so that you don't end up in a bad situation that you don't want to be in and um you know as time goes on i'll probably end up doing that as well just because it's become more and more of a thing to where you can set up you know uh protection for yourself you can be transparent with your local police department because they've all heard about this this is something that isn't 
isn't a restricted thing. This is becoming more and more prevalent. So they understand. They can identify with that. They aren't going to judge you or anything. I mean, they know that you need help, so they're going to help you. That's what they're there for. Uh, so if you did want to set that up, then uh, that's free, of course. You know, they, they don't. Here's the thing: they have better things to do than to come knock on your door. Okay, they have better things to do with their time and better things to respond to than to come to their door. Emma says the problem is in areas where streaming and content creation isn't common. They don't believe you exactly. And I, I yeah, yeah. But you have to just make the effort. You know, at least it'll be on record uh, whenever they say like you're supposed to whisper French fries into the phone if that is actually you know before you go. But yeah, show them your work, show them what you do, and then they'll believe you. That's pretty much what you got to do. Plus, you never know. You could be like me, and they'll give you a job. But uh, not the police department. Probably not the police department. Uh, however, if you did want to get in on that, I would recommend I would recommend making those calls and doing that kind of stuff. Password milkshake? Yeah. Because if they don't say milkshake, then they bring all the boys to the yard. Moving on to the next story of the day. The final story, actually. Uh, Fortnite's new Close Encounters mode is now live after being disabled. An issue with the mode was discovered shortly after launch. Fortnite's latest limited time mode has been temporarily postponed shortly after the Close Encounters event began. Epic Games announced on Twitter that an issue had been discovered and the mode was being disabled across all platforms. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and iOS while the developer investigated it. Uh, Now, they didn't say why it was apparently taken down. They didn't say why I did. They didn't say why it was apparently taken down, but the reason that it was taken down is because in Close Encounters, there's essentially this tactic that was being used heavily where you get a jetpack and a shotgun, and you build all the way up into the sky. You build all the way up into the as, as high up as you can, and... Um, and then you look around down below you and you find out where they are and then you just float down with the jetpack and you just, you know, kind of come down like a bird landing on a nest. But instead of on top of, of baby birds, you just shit on these kids. So um, that's what a lot of people were doing. I mean, it's a tactic that I used, but it was very, very unfair. So they took down the game mode. They threw up solid gold V2, which was just every gold weapon in the game. And it was a really high octane thing. Got a victory royale. Boom shakalaka. But uh, it's good to see that um, Close Encounters is back and uh, and ready to go. But uh, if you want to get in on it, then you're probably going to be able to play it for a couple of days, and uh, and we'll see what goes on with that. But uh, yeah, so it's back, and Fortnite's still rolling on strong. I've been streaming a good bit of it over on Facebook and other platforms. I've been messing around. If you want to get in on that, uh, then you guys know to follow me over there on twittercom guy. Fun fact: went to Twitch Charlotte yesterday. Had a fun had a fun time with all the guys over there behind the scenes over there at Twitch. But um. But the thing is, like, they were like, oh, yeah, you're that guy that's on Twitter all the time. Literally, three different people said this. Three different, it's not that it's like, oh, yeah, you're over there on Facebook. Oh, you're over there on on YouTube doing the stuff. You're over there making, doing writing stuff on Medium. No, I'm the guy that's always on Twitter. And to be fair, I am always on Twitter. I am always on Twitter. Also, what's going on, Dynamite? How's it going, my dude? But, uh, yeah, you actually came in on the end of today's episode of Caffeinate, which was actually late, and uh, and I'm surprised that I survived to make it here. Uh, I didn't think that I'd be able to pull one off today, so here we go. You know, it's uh, we, it was a pretty good episode, to be honest with you. Twitter is the only place that I stay, but I enjoy being on Twitter. So, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode of Caffeinate. Insta Dynamite, you came in late? Come on, man. You gotta get set that alarm for at least 10.30, apparently, today. But, uh, no, nah, I'm just messing with you. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. I'll be live streaming later on today uh, on different kinds. We'll, we'll be experimenting. We'll see what goes on. But it's been really awesome being able to branch out and, and try other things other than Twitch. And it's crazy because the people that are partnered uh, with Twitch that I was hanging out with yesterday, they were interested in, like, my perspective of it. And, um... 
and like and like what I thought about all these different kinds of things. And it was cool to have conversations like that and to hang out with people in that way and to have those uh, those deliberations and discussions. Uh, but yeah, you know, you guys keep living life. If you are new to the video, if you're listening to the podcast, then by all means, uh, like, favor, do all that subscribe stuff that everybody's been saying since 2008. Uh, we will be live tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time as per usual for our regular episode of Caffeinate. Again, today was Memorial Day, so I slept in a little bit and, uh, and here we are uh, later on in the day. Uh, But I hope you guys have a good one. I will talk to you very soon and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.